0: as was that of those two men. Verse 10, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith In Christ Jesus, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I got to keep going because it kind of just kind of keeps going. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. And we'll stop there. Father, uh, bless the reading of your word. Would you teach us? Would you um, reprove us? Would you correct us? Would you train us? Uh, that we might be ready and complete, and equipped for every good work that you have prepared beforehand for us, uh, for Christ's sake, Amen. Amen. Okay, all right. So as I've kind of mentioned, this is this is sort of this has been in my mind because of the condition of the world today, um, and. You know, as we've said many times, whether it be in our men's meeting or on Sunday evenings or whatever, and discussions after or before church, it just seems to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and so, you know, that that leads you to a passage like this. Um And what you see in this passage are – and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but just kind of want to preface this. What you see in this passage are two distinct types of people, two distinct groups, um, the godly and the evil. That's basically uh, what it boils down to. Now, like I said, I want to focus on 12 and 13 here. Because uh, there, the big contrast comes, he, comes here at 12 and 13 between these two groups of people. It's, it begins explaining the first group at the beginning of the chapter uh, and then trans, 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 um, transitions to the godly uh, at, at verse 10 and then sort of culminates in 12 and 13. So look again to 12 and see he says... Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So what we have there, plain and simple, is a Christian. The Christian is referred to in verse 12. A person who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. So the first thing to note here is the desire of the true Christian. And it's to live godly. It's to live godly. Now, I'm just stating the truth of the passage there. I'm not saying anything new or, or uh, ground-shattering. But I want, I want to consider the word godly just for a second. And I know we talked about this uh, at some point in Hebrews, I believe, uh, when the word godly came up. I think Or godliness. I can't remember where that was where we talked about it. A while back. But godly in Greek is a compound word. So it's um, you, which is the same first word in the gospel for the Greek word gospel, you, meaning good. So when you give a eulogy at a funeral, you're giving a good word about somebody. That's what a eulogy is. Well, the gospel is Uwan uh, and so it's a good, a good, it's a good news. Well, here it's I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's U Sabani or something to that effect. Good, and then a verb to worship or to revere, and. I, I, I've mentioned before my mistake in that word. I've always assumed, I've always assumed the word "godly" meant like God, right? Mm-hmm. If you're living, if you're a godly person, you're like God because you're godly. But that's that's not what that word actually means. Now, if you pursue godliness, you will ultimately end up. Um, um, being like God but it 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 in its most basic sense it means someone who is devoted to worship someone who is we used to, you you know back in the in the in the older days you just called them they were pious or devoted devout or even religious before we really started not liking to use the word religion they were religious they they were known by people who their direction in life was towards God um, Paul there if you you if you look up that word here in in the New Testament it's used a, f- a few other times and I'll just uh, sh- read them out here to you so you understand you don't have to go there um, you check it out later acts 10 when Peter speaks uh, gonna go talk to Cornelius. The way the Bible describes Cornelius, um, let's see, Acts ten two. He was a devout man. That was the, that's the word, godly. He's a devout man who feared God. I think that's translated the same way in the KJV. A devout man. Um, so he 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 was a man devoted to God. And then you've got Second Peter. Second Peter uh, speaks about the godly, and he says this. Then the Lord knows how to rescue. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials, and to keep. And then so you're like, okay, so. What, what, what's the opposite of the godly? Well, he tells us, And to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling the passions and despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble, as they blaspheme the glorious ones. So, the opposite of a godly person is unrighteous, Indulges in the lust and defile and the passions and despise authority. And they they don't even tremble at blaspheming the glorious ones. Okay. So godly means devoted, devout to the worship, the service of God. But Paul, he just doesn't say they're godly, but they desire to live Godly or live a godly life. Now, that word, life or live, whichever way your trans- translation speaks of it, should say something about a Christian. It's their life. It means every breath should be our desire. Every breath we take, we should desire to glorify God. Now, are we going to fall? and Are we going to miss? Of course. But why would anyone who truly knows Christ not desire that every breath they take, every action, every word, every turn is devoted to the worship and service of God in Jesus Christ? That... that has to be if the scriptures if Christ who if Christ is who he says he is and he's do, and he's done what he says he's done for us then how could we not desire that everything about us be for him um, Paul says it to the Corinthians, you know, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. He tells the Colossians something to the effect of uh, whatever you do in word or deed, uh, do unto Jesus Christ in thanksgiving. I, I, I didn't get that one perfect. Paul refers to himself as what typically in the introduction of his letters? A slave, right? The, a slave. To God in Christ Jesus, and so his life, the, the slave's life, is there for his master. And that's what the Christian is. Um, turn with me to First Corinthians, and this one, these, this is one of those passages where. If you don't meditate on it, you can't fully comprehend. You can't f- not necessarily comprehend it, yeah, comprehend it. You can't fully comprehend it and you can't fully appreciate it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. So again, we're talking about the desire of a Christian to live a godly life, devoted to the Lord. And it be every every ounce of his life be devoted to the Lord. That's the desire. Everyone who desires to live a godly life. First uh, Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. So there's two remarkable statements here. Do you not know that your temple or that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God. Your body is a temple to God. God. Like that's one of those things where I just want to say it over and over again. God wants or does desires to reside in you. Now when you think about... Huh? that's what i was gonna say when you when you think about the tabernacle and then you think about the temple okay so it started out as a tent but it wasn't just any tent it had to be designed and made in the best way handcrafted by men who were given gifts from god to make it beautiful okay and then but david was like that's not good enough i want to make you a house right And Solomon builds God this house, this temple to dwell in, in this marvelous, marvelous building. But now he, but now he resides in us. That should give our. That should, if we sat and thought, think about that. That should, that should number one blow our minds, but then completely redirect our lives. Completely. But then he doubles down. Verse, well, at the end of 19, he says, You are not your own. You, you, your life, your body. You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. Again, okay, just just let that sit for a second kind of think back to the idea of a slave. but let's keep let's keep the house metaphor going. He's purchased the deed, right and he he did it. he bought it, he bought you to reside in you to abide in you. like that was that was the purpose because in the same sense of why he had the tabernacle built to dwell among you. Right, that's why he wanted the tabernacle built was to be in the presence of his people. Well, the new covenant is way better than the old covenant because he's like, I don't need a building; I'm going to reside in you. And that, again, but then he paid for it. He paid for it by the blood of his son. Right, so it, it, it's not just as if it's not just as if there's this off, off, offside transaction made. No, he he planned, desired, and purposed to give his only son so that you would be his people and he would be your God and he could dwell in you and you be his temple. So, again, that, that sort of inflames the idea that we would want our lives to be devoted to God in Jesus Christ. Okay. Because uh, and then he says, "Glorify your God. Glorify God in your body." Now he—that's in the context of sexual sin, but we could take that anywhere. We could take that anywhere. Um, but the—but there is a caveat. Let's go back to Second Timothy. And we'll just—this one won't take long. It—it. It, he doesn't say all who desire to live a godly life. He says all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. There are many people who attempt godliness apart from Jesus Christ. And it's, it's just simply religious paganism. Because they have made themselves their God. They have made themselves their way of salvation. Um, The only way, the only way to live devoted to God is through faith in Christ. To attempt godliness outside of faith in Christ is actually to deny God. You think about Hebrews one. So last week I, I, I made that confusing statement. It was probably confusing about how God God has over time revealed Himself more and more and more and more. Well, this is what this is sort of the big key to that. Uh, God revealed Himself to David and Moses and the prophets, but we understand that the fullness of that revelation took took place in Jesus. Right? Hebrews 1 in the latter times he spoke through these the fathers, the prophets, but now he speaks through his son. Right? Now he's revealed himself through his son. And so that that moment of the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe the gospel, Jesus says. Before that time there was no confession of christ but at the time that christ came and then from there on there is no other name in heaven or on earth by which man can be saved or could live a life pleasing to god and so it it it, that in christ jesus to live a godly life in christ jesus uh makes or breaks the godly life the attempt to godliness outside of Faith, union with Christ is to deny God's true way of redemption, of godliness. Okay. so moving on, what's the context of this Christian? What's going on in this Christian's life in verse 12? Let me let me ask it this way. What are they surrounded by? Well, even in the context of the verse, at the beginning of the chapter, they're surrounded by um, corrupt men, as stated in verse 8, outlined in verses 1 through 9. And then in verse 13, we see the words, evil people. And so the context is of the passage and even the context of the life of the christian who desires to live a godly life will find themselves surrounded by people who could care less about living a godly life in christ jesus it's just inevitable um so again verse verse one through nine the evil person has a um, has an appearance of godliness but it is just that—an appearance. It's a foe. It's fake. It's a show. But then we could also understand that there are people who don't try to hide their disdain or wickedness. They don't try to—they don't try to mask it with godliness. They try to mask it with other things. But um, so from this point on, the context is. The Christian who desires to live a godly life and the evil person who could care less. Um, In the context of what Paul's writing, he very much is saying this will pop up in the church. That's what he's warning them. That's what he's warning them a lot throughout all of his letters – and so he's saying, okay, he even told the the elders in Ephesus before he went to Jerusalem, he says, the sheep are going to pop up from among you, right? And so guard the flock. And that that's why we see warnings like, don't let them teach this. Guard them against this. Beware of those who do this. Have nothing to do with those types of people. Purge the evil from among you. The wolves will creep in, right? And that... The word that really shows up in that description is in verse 13. I'm not sure how the King James translates it, but it's not just evil people, but evil people and imposters. Evil man and seducers. seducers. That so imposters or seducers. A seducer is going to be someone I think about, you know, it's very I think about the, the, the person who drives down a neighborhood to try to seduce a kid into their vehicle, mm-hmm. right? They show themselves as, hey, yeah. things are good. Come, yay. But that their whole intent is to, to seduce for a wicked purpose. That's very much what Paul's warning against that, we'll, that will or could or can or, or will yeah. happen in, in the church. And, and, and so I say all that to say that Paul doesn't then think that the church is hopeless because the rest of all of his charges and warnings are to beware of them, to make them known and to purify the church so that while we deal with things. While we deal with the world, while we deal with the evil and the imposters going from bad to worse, we have sought to purify this for the sake of one another. So the context isn't you're completely surrounded by evil. Hopefully, by, through the, the grace of God, our faithfulness to the word of God has kept the church pure enough that while we are surrounded by evil... We also are surrounded by one another for um, for help in, in, in walking through this. Um, so, okay, okay. So then we've got the two polar opposites: the evil, the good, the godly, the wicked. Now these two groups are taking two different directions. So, verse thirteen makes it real easy to understand the direction the evil people and imposters or seducers are going. Where, which direction are they going? Further and further and further away from God and the truth. He says, verse 13, While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, I've been thinking about this a lot, as I said, and I've been thinking about what are – how can we truly biblically make a statement that says that the evil in this world is going from bad to worse, that evil people are going from bad to worse? Now, the first commandment that God gave man, the first command, the first ordinance, was – To be fruitful and multiply. Okay? That's the very first thing that we see in Genesis 1. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, we know the marriage bed is made for that very thing. Now, think about where we are today. The marriage bed is as defiled as ever but not only def- let me not only say it a different way there is more sexual activity in this world than there was at any point in history and less fruitful and multiplying at any point in history those two things that the first basic command that God gave all people an innate ability to naturally do and they not only they've not not only have they abused it and taken it for their own selfishness but when they are fruitful and multiply they kill it and to me that's just like oh the that is such a gift to people. Not the, the relational aspect and then the result of and the offspring of that as, of that relational aspect. Such a blessing and a gift to mankind, and we have completely ruined it. Completely. And so it, it would seem, because we're like, how does how did how do we get here? Why are we? It's like something new is twi- and twisted comes up every other day now. And it's like, it seems as if the evil people and imposters are going from bad to worse. Right, right, exactly. Um, and hang on to that, and we're going to come back to that in just a second. But let's think about it in the context of... Quote, the church, unquote. Um, when it, cause here's the thing, and we'll just all admit it the evil and the imposters start churches and are pastoring churches, and they got about two to three thousand people in some of those churches, Mm -hmm. maybe even six to seven thousand people in some of those churches. Um, how just they are now they're they're pulling a Romans one here in these places they're 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 pulling a Romans one in the sense of um not necessarily that they're 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 not we're not going to do those things we're not going to join in um in in these uh in these wicked acts but verse 32. Though they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. Right? There are many, many churches who are affirming these days. Um, There are many churches affirming homosexuality, affirming um, transgenderism, and... Very loudly uh, pro-abortion. Very loudly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And so there is an aspect of this going from bad to worse. The teaching and the false worship in churches across the world are going from bad to worse. Um but what direction are the godly going? This is sort of a trick question. The answer is in verse 14. What direction are the godly going? Those who desire to live a godly life. It is, I, the answer is sort of a trick answer. And ask it again. What direction are the godly going? if if the evil and the imposters are going farther and farther away from God and truth bad to worse what direction are the godly going they ain't going nowhere they're standing continue he says continue in what you have learned see the evil the evil and the impostor they were they were away from God Already bad. They're continuing further away from God. Worse. The the godly are staying where they are at the truth. But there wasn't. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. There
1: was not all that bad out there when I was being taught. Right. About this. And now. You can't blink your eye without hearing it or seeing it. It's can
0: you, like, Can we put an asterisk in that, and we're gonna come back to that okay. before we get done, and we'll and then we'll kind of open that up because I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um. So we've got evil imposters going further away, and the godly continuing to stand firm in the truth. Right. Right next to God. Okay. Now I do want to say this. Um, you can talk politics and say, okay, the, the 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 Democrats are they're they're way far away. Well, the the reality is is probably the majority of the Republican Party are following behind them. They're just not as far away yet. Right, they're they're actually they're the majority of them are going from bad to worse. They're just a little bit closer to bad than they are worse. Right? There are some, there are some that 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 wouldn't that wouldn't be true. Right. And that and that kind of goes back again to what you were pointing at because they're still holding firm to what they knew and 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 we'll 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 talk a little bit about that in a second. So. What's the outcome of this movement? The evil, go, the evil, uh, and imposter going to worse, and the godly staying still. Well, the outcome is found back in twelve. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Here's the outcome of the movements of the directions. Will be persecuted. That's. That's what happens when the evil and bad get go to uh, the evil and the postures go from bad to worse, and the godly stay on the truth. Um, Because the evil, and I think you've begun to say this the evil pervert the truth. They speak the wicked as if it's good, and the good as if it's wicked. So the further they go from the truth, the more they're right in their own eyes with the wicked and the more we the godly the christians are more wicked and actually are good they call evil good and good evil so then we become the ones in the wrong in the sight of them right so and th- and this again is why you this is I think this again is why a lot of Christians are starting to feel the rub in American politics with even the 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 so called Republican or conservatives because you know they're all like yay physical uh, physical policy uh, uh, trickle down economics and I'm like we don't care about that right now people are m- women are saying they're men, men are saying they're women. it's like let, 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 yeah, and so we become the weirdos and that's okay that's okay Paul was a weirdo um, this is the biblical pattern Abel was the first for this to happen to right Cain did it to his brother. Moses it was it was done within Israel by Israel. David many different occasions. Um, the prophets, we'll see a passage here in a minute that talk about that, that that the persecution of the prophets came and when did that when was that at the height when Israel goes from bad to worse. Um Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate example. And then also we see the apostles, as, as Paul even says here. Um, he says, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me. And we could go on and on and on about him as well. So with that in mind, uh, let's look at Matthew Matthew 5, well-known verse in the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, 10, 11, and 12 So we read this and you know we we probably need to read these three these three verses a little bit more seriously now, now these days. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There you go. That's the pattern. That's the biblical pattern. That's what we should expect. Now, I have a theory, and I've kind of... I've, I've sort of hinted at it already, that this... the. As the distance between the godly and the evil grow, persecution increases. That's sort of my theory, and uh, not my theory. Yeah, yeah. As 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 the distance between the godly and the evil grow, persecution increases. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if we think about that, if we think about the early church, uh, we just don't even don't even consider. I already gave you the example of Israel and the prophets. Anytime Israel moved, like the meter of wickedness moved to the greater side in Israel, the men of God were in serious danger, Mm -hmm. right? And then you think about the apostles. The apostles are sent out into basically Rome. The early church is sent out into Rome, whose... And the 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 foundation of Rome is Caesar is God, right? That's how bad Rome was, and so there was this large contrast between the between the apostles' teaching and what Rome basically commanded, and how would that end up? Martyrs, they they died, they all died, um, and you. And then you think about the Reformation. And the Reformation happened at the height of wickedness within the Catholic Church. The darkness within the Catholic Church had grown exponentially by that point. The 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 um, the crookedness of the the I'm trying to think the basically the bishops, the pope the Pope, the bishops, the car I mean, huh? The corruption uh, and that high level was as deep and dark as could be, and so then you've got you've got insert uh, the Reformation, and what happens? Bloodshed, right? And that carried over um, into not just not well that you think about the reign of Bloody Mary and the persecution of so many, so many Christians and Puritans. I mean, like.
1: each one
0: of those times there was just truth that was
1: trying to be stood on. Right. Okay. Right. It anything radical, it was just
0: truth. <laughs> now, here's my here's how this theory goes. And this goes back to your, your statement, Viola. So there was a, there was a phrase, um, there was a phrase that came out in the Reformation in Latin, and it was post Tenabrucks lux, which is after darkness light. And so in each of those periods of intense persecution of the godly, if you go and look at each one of those periods, light came out. And the church grew, and then in the church's growing affected the culture. After the early church, after all the martyrs had died, and then the the word of God spread through them, Rome became a Christian church empire uh what was his name what was the uh uh no 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 the 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 emperor of rome uh uh, constantine constantine became the first christian emperor what was that 300 something and and made christianity the uh religion that's how basically the roman catholic church began and so after the darkness of the persecution of the apostles and the early church came this this era this um, time of light but then the light faded and then we get to for, we get to you know the late 1000s the 12th 13th 14th 15th century and that darkness began to creep back in godly men still stood on the truth proclaimed the truth and that expansion took place again of the wicked and the godly heavy persecution took forth and during the protestant reformation and the time of the puritans and what happened after that the enlightenment america right the the light burst forth the puritan the later puritans on the blood of the early Puritans that, uh, from Bloody Mary came and established this country. And so this country, the one that you're talking about, was formed in the light after the darkness of the Reformation. And so this country was built upon that light. And so it was put in a direction of godliness but what's happening. It's getting darker again. Mm -mm, So, what happens next? It's going to
2: get worse.
0: But what happens next, in my theory? It's going to get darker. Bloody. Bloody, yeah. yeah. Persecution. You are? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tertullian was an early church father. Uh, he he would, have, would have been around 150, 200 AD, I believe. He says, he has a quote that says, The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Blood of the martyrs is the sea, seed of the church. And so in, in every instant where there is persecution and martyrdom, the church has seen growth. And has affected, and has then in turn affected the wickedness that persecuted them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. So, finish with a couple questions. How sure are you? Des- or how sure are you that you desire to live a godly life in light of all that? Right. It's like, is that what you really want? Mm-hmm. Oh, in light of you, in light of There's verse. In light of verse 12, all who desire to live a godly life will face persecution. Well, but, uh, for me and you know, for us, what it makes me think of is not
1: necessarily us, but my children. That's my next question. Ah, I say, no, I'm. Not, let's do this, and then I think, wow, my kids, though, I'm fearful.
0: So, uh, so uh, in thinking about ourselves. You, you know is your life worth devotion to God? Is, li- is your life giving up worth devotion to God? because it might it might have to be one of these days. Um, and then I go back to that word from this morning those who trust in their, in their riches will fall My question is is do you truly trust in Christ? Because that word trust means you're finding yourself in shelter. And fortress around him, mm-hmm. right? Not not in the sense of that you're not gonna be hurt, but that I don't fear man, because at least all they could do is kill me.
2: Well, about the word says that Paul was carried safely home, right? He was murdered. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's the
0: picture. Yeah,
2: you're talking about trust. We're
0: not shielded. Yeah. The violence. Right. But... We
2: are, in our persecution, we know there's a possibility of death or of whatever, but we're carried
0: safely home. And so, and then, so the verse that would come to mind is, we don't fear him who can kill the body. But we find shelter, but, and then not, we find shelter in the one who not only can kill the body, but also the soul. Um, so, to Sylvia's point, are you, was, we, Let's prepare for persecution. Prepare for persecution. And the question is how? Well, I think verse 12 says, if you're truly desiring to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you are preparing yourself for persecution. That, that is the task. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's what we should be doing. If we are truly, truly seeking to glorify God in every breath, every word, every act, he's preparing us For anything and everything. Um, Now that preparation also must mean that we are preparing and by discipling the next generation. Because here's the reality. We might actually miss out on it. The persecution. They might not. They might be the ones that have to stand on the truth. And then give their lives for it
1: that's what it takes real it takes real faith and trust is cuz you're like i feel like i'm preparing by doing what i'm doing now by trying to disciple them and trying to teach them everything and pouring into them day by day but then i feel like i'm setting them up to like all right i think i'm skipping out on the persecution you'll be the one to see it later good luck but really being like okay lord i'm trusting that yeah. i know because trust me, you guys aren't in my home, but I'm pretty sure I fail every day in the preparation of this. <laughs> so it's really just trusting the Lord that w- that with whatever that they may face later when they are, I mean, who knows if that's when they're 50 or that's when they're, whatever that he's going to be faithful and I fail daily in that.
2: Preparing. And then your prayer this morning, the dangerous prayer that you called. There was a time in my life and someone else, and we were drawn and fell in love with the word of God and feasted and desired, and as 12 says, and in our prayers and considering our children, and we said it anyway, take whatever you need to take. And we were including our children. Yeah. So it is well, if you when you can pray that that's twelve.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: And you don't want it, but your will be done, not mine. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. We're beginning to see that now. Um I'm just checking
2: the little ears. I mean, we've already seen things happen within religious institutions and places. And in fact, just recently, you know, so the things that we saw, you know, persecution rate uh, to death, you know, mm-hmm. targeted. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know how many you know that there the, the trans conversion, there are many in our counties. Yeah. In, yeah. In our back doors, it just really bothers me to hear that cause I just don't okay. want. To hear you. And that's yeah. to the phone. Like you said,
1: I think that's just totally confusing that's, it seems popular, it seems mm.
2: that it's all right. That that it's, all right. It, it, it's been happening, and we didn't. I, mean, I didn't even know it because I continue that my eyes are open to people and people that has already made that transition and are living a life. That's and asked a and ask, and ask the woman to be engaged, and it's a family member, and you're like, huh, huh, huh. That's that's a, that's I don't know. I understand 100 I mean, they're pre- they're presenting this to young people as, hey, you know, this is the new way to be cool. You know, I mean, this this is how they're seducing a lot of old people into this. We well, it seems like the community
1: is a place of belonging. You know what I mean? That's what people, I mean, kids or children that maybe if they have, they do have family issues or they have something. It just seems like a bigger a bigger thing that they can be a part of now. Yeah. Because, shoot, the president will give you a day. I, I, I just of,
2: see it as the scene, being deceived, highly deceived. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It is all.